Thank you for downloading the Beacon Church podcast. We hope that you enjoy today's message and that you find that God speaks to you through it. Okay, so a couple of weeks ago we began a series called um, Leadership That Lasts and uh, there was a... Oh, oh, okay, because... Okay, well, well, we'll work on it. Um, and in that first week, two weeks ago, I talked about the leadership is something that applies to everyone. And I wasn't talking in terms of we all necessarily call ourselves leaders or have leadership responsibility. But the key aspect to all leadership is learning to lead yourself first. And the key aspect of learning to lead yourself is about the development of the most important aspect of leadership, which is your character. And that you have to do that, yeah? And, and that God does it with you, but you have to develop your character. And because of that, that means everybody is a leader because everybody needs to be able to develop themselves. Um, the problem that many people have is because they don't develop their character... Because they don't um, do self-leadership is they sometimes, people make very poor decisions as a result. And you might think to yourself, oh yeah, I make poor decisions. Or you might know people who think, oh yeah, they make poor decisions. And part of the reason that they make poor decisions is because they haven't developed as a leader. Am I on, Andy? I can't hear my, I can't hear myself. Okay, that's just me. Okay, you can hear me, that's fine. Um, So it's about the individual developing themselves. And then um, what happens is if you develop your character, you'll find one of two things will happen to you. First of all, because it's not encouraged so much, first of all, you will find that other people will look to you and they'll begin to follow you. Yeah, they'll see things in you and they'll think, oh my goodness, I like what I see in that person. And you might, just, you might have never thought of yourself as a leader, but people begin to talk to you about, oh, why do you do that? Why does that happen? What do you do about this? I'm going to come to you for advice. You might find that that happens to you and you're saying to yourself, I'm not a leader, I'm not a leader, but people are looking to you and people are following you. The second thing that will happen is that if you develop your character you will find that people will give you responsibility. They'll ask you to do things. Can you carry this? Can you take this for me? Can you be responsible for that for me? You're thinking to yourself, I'm not a leader, I'm not a leader, but people are following you and people are giving you responsibility and that is essentially what leadership is. And so if you develop your character, all you do is focus on developing you. You're not focusing on how do I be a leader? What do I do to get there? What do I do? What you do is you develop your character, people will follow you, and people will give you stuff to do. Yeah? That would be um, what I have observed, and also probably a little bit my experience. Throughout the series, as we've said on that first week, the, the development of these characteristics is not what makes us righteous before God. So we just need to say that. This is not the way to become right before God. It's not the way to please God. or God's like more pleased with me when I develop my character. Those are not the things. Yeah? Salvation is an act of grace. It's not an act of works or performance or development. It's an act of grace. 
And it's all about what Jesus has done for us. But once you have that foundation, developing is a good thing. It's a positive thing. Last Sunday, Phil focused on our first characteristic of godly leadership, which is excellence. And he talked about that, and you can listen to that online. And today, we're looking at another characteristic of godly leadership, which might sound a bit odd, but it's kindness. Kindness. Are we there? Well done. Thank you. Kindness may not seem the kind of characteristic that we associate with godly leadership. Companies, organisations and even churches that seem to be successful, we almost accept that usually the top leaders have a ruthless streak about them, ensuring that they have the best staff and they make their goals and objectives and they meet them. We don't necessarily associate kindness with strength, but rather often weakness. However, the reason kindness is a strong leadership characteristic is because it comes from God, and God is kind. Yeah? God is kind. And I want you to hear that because there might be things in your life, even now that you're going through, where you are beginning to question whether God is really kind. But it is part of his nature is to be kind. And one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit is kindness. It's something that we are to grow in. And we're going to look at that through one story in the Bible, and it's the story of David and Mephibosheth. Now, I'm going to, try, I'm going to have to say that word a number of times today, and I was practicing on the way here, Mephibosheth, Mephibosheth. But it's a story of God's kindness. Have we got the... Okay, so I'm going to read it. <clears throat> this is 2 Samuel chapter 9, verse 1 to 13. David asked, is there anyone still left of the house of Saul to whom I can show kindness for Jonathan's sake? Now there was a servant of Saul's household named Ziba. They summoned him to appear before David and the king said to him, are you Ziba? At your service, he replied. The king asked, is there no one still alive from the house of Saul to whom I can show God's kindness? Ziba answered the king, there is still a son of Jonathan. He is lame in both feet. Where is he? The king asked. Ziba answered, he is at the house of Machir, son of Amiel in Lodabar. So King David had him brought from Lodabar, from the house of Machir, son of Amiel. When Mephibosheth, son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, came to David, he bowed down to pay him honour. David said to Mephibosheth, he bowed down to pay him honour. David said, Mephibosheth, okay, at your service. Yeah. At your service, he replied, okay. Not very good at English. Don't be afraid, David said to him, for I will surely show you kindness for the sake of your father, Jonathan. I will restore to you all the land that belonged to your grandfather, Saul, and you will always eat at my table. Mephibosheth bowed down and said, What is your servant that you should notice a dead dog like me? Then the king summoned Ziba, 
Saul's steward, and said to him, I have given your master's grandson everything that belonged to Saul and his family. You and your sons and your servants are to farm the land for him and bring in the crops so that your master's grandson may be provided for. And Mephibosheth, grandson of your master, will always eat at my table. Now Ziba had 15 sons and 20 servants. Gosh. Then Ziba said to the king, your servant will do whatever my lord the king commands his servant to do. So Mephibosheth ate at David's table like one of the king's sons. Mephibosheth had a young son named Micah, and all the members of Ziba's household were servants of Mephibosheth. And Mephibosheth lived in Jerusalem because he always ate at the king's table. He was lame in both feet. Let's pray quickly. Father, we thank you for your word. We ask, O God, that you would speak to us through it. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to pause here and just draw out right at the beginning because I love to do this, when it talks about uh, David's comment. If we go back one. And go back one more. Is there no one still alive from the house of Saul to whom I can show God's kindness? For me, one of the biggest challenges that Christians have is really understanding who God is and how he operates, and realising that what you think about God, as Tozer used to say, is the most important thing. How you view him. And this passage speaks that our God is a God of kindness. Now there are many, many faiths around the world, many, many religions, but do you know what? In some of those very big influential faiths and religions around the world, there is no word that describes God as being kind. Or there is no word that describes God as love. Now I want you to imagine if you served a God who was not loving and was not kind. It becomes difficult. It's a difficult thing to do. And so we're going to just pause here for a moment and look at the fact that what David wanted to do was to show the kindness of God to Mephibosheth for the sake of Jonathan. That's what's going on here. I want to show the kindness of God to Mephibosheth for the sake of Jonathan. And there are four very quick things that he does or that you see in this passage, that also you can see in God. The first is, David identifies a person. Yeah, He says, is there anyone of the house of Saul? He doesn't know, but he he identifies a person. Is there anyone of the house of Saul that I can show kindness to? Secondly, when Mephibosheth comes, no doubt he comes with fear. So when he says to David, I am your servant, he is not being brash or cocky. I imagine he's holding his head down and he's thinking, am I going to get through this? When I stand before the king, am I going to come out alive? He doesn't know. And it says immediately that David 
puts him at his ease. Do not fear. Don't fear. How many times do we read that in the scripture of God? Don't fear. Do not fear. Even when angels come to people, often their first words are, don't fear. Do not fear. Thirdly, we see that um, what David does, and often what God does, is David restores to Mephibosheth what was lost, what was taken and what was broken. Mephibosheth was now poor. He's living somewhere, but really he's poor. He's not got anything of himself. He doesn't have his grandfather's land. It may well be something that he might have thought one day, well, that was my grandfather's, but he doesn't own it. David restores to him what was lost. How often does God restore to us what has been lost? He then, it says, he generously supplies his daily needs. So David says to Mephibosheth, you will now sit at the king's table. He is being promoted from a place where he had nothing to a place where he is being treated like a son of the king. And then the offer that is made to sit at the king's table, to have the land to be put at ease through fear, to be identified as an individual, it comes unconditionally. David doesn't tell Mephibosheth, you have to do certain things in order to receive this. It comes to him unconditionally. And for Mephibosheth, he is a cripple. He can't even look after himself, let alone repay what David has done. Is this not the gospel? Does this not just remind us of the gospel? That God loved the world, that he gave his only son, that whoever believed could have eternal life, that it wasn't about what you did. 2 Ephesians, um, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 to 10, says it's by grace that you've been saved through faith. Not works, this not of yourself, it's a gift of God. You are saved by grace, through faith, not by works. What we see in David showing kindness to Mephibosheth is what we see in God the Father showing kindness to us. And you know what? So many stories in the Bible tell us that. that it's a demonstration of God's kindness. God's goodness towards us. And it's a good foundation for us to live from and to remember. What we're going to do now is I'm just going to literally um, uh, give you just a few points from lessons that we can learn from this account. First of all, as I've said, kindness is an act of grace. Mephibosheth can't repay what's being done. He's crippled. In both feet. He can't even look after himself. Receiving kindness is humbling because our natural response is to want to reciprocate. You're nice to me, I, I, I want to be nice to you. You invite me for dinner, I want to invite you for dinner. You buy me flowers, you don't need to do that, but it, it's reciprocal. 
Yeah, we like to reciprocate and we feel better when we reciprocate. Actually, it's quite humbling when you receive something that you cannot repay. You can't repay it. But we like to. And actually, it can also be humbling, as I think as we go through your seat, for the giver. It can be humbling for the giver to give kindness, as well as for the receiver to receive kindness. Secondly, kindness can be satisfying. There can be a sense of joy and deep satisfaction when you show kindness to people, particularly to an, to, uh, I mean, we don't use this term very much, but to an enemy or someone that you're not very close to. Do you know what? I get a lot of joy or satisfaction showing kindness to, my, to Pauline or to the girls. But do you know what? That's an easy thing to do. It's a lot more tricky to show kindness to someone who maybe you do not get along with so well. Someone who's not part of your inner circle. Yeah? It's a lot more tricky to show kindness to those people. But you, and so that's what David's doing here. Mephibosheth is, and he even uses the term, he's Saul's grandson and Saul was always out to kill David. Yeah? What David does was not normal in the culture. Yeah? In that culture, David should have wiped out every member of Saul's household. That would have been the normal response. But he doesn't respond like that. He doesn't even respond by ignoring it. He actually goes out of his way to show kindness. And we'll see why in a moment. But kindness can be satisfying. Now, you need to be careful because you can show kindness to someone. They receive it well. You get such a good feeling. You begin to try and show kindness in order that you get that feeling again. Yeah? You need to be careful. That isn't the way it goes. But kindness can be deeply satisfying. Kindness is also an appropriate use of power. Yeah? It's an appropriate use of power. We can't get away from the fact that David, in relation to Mephibosheth, had absolute power. He had the power of his life. He could have done anything and no one was going to question it. He could have done anything. Kindness is an appropriate use of power rather than an abuse of power. Sometimes we don't realise we have power, but we all do. Yeah? We all have power. We have power in the words that we say. We have power in the actions that we do. We have power in every relationship. We have power. You have power to withdraw. You have power to engage. You have power with the responsibilities and the resources that you have. You must understand you have power. You might think, oh, you know, I've only got a little bit of power. I don't have a lot of power. But if you have younger siblings, you have power. Yeah, in a job, you have power. Because you can choose to do the job well or you can choose not to do the job well. You can choose to hinder the progress or you can choose to help the progress. You have power. And we can demonstrate kindness to others through it. Also, you have power because human beings are emotional. Yeah? We're all emotional. So, so you might have a boss who you think in your mind has absolute power and you don't realise, oh, I could hurt my boss if I want to. The way I respond, I could hurt my boss if I want to. But we all have power 
but there is an appropriate use of power. And David, in this instance, uses his power for good. We know of other instances where he doesn't. But in this instance, David uses his power for good, to help. When he didn't have to, he didn't need to. No one was checking up on him. In fact, had he done the opposite, people would have thought, yeah, that makes a lot more sense. David uses his power for good. Will we use our power for good? Kindness is a covenant commitment. You see, you could ask yourself, why was David so kind to Mephibosheth? What was it about the situation? What made David so, what made him like that? I'm like, oh, why is he like that? Well, if you turn, if you were to turn back a few, um, I suppose, chapters, back to 1 Samuel chapter 20 and verse 13, this is what it says. This is a story of David and Jonathan. And it's a time when Jonathan is just beginning to discover that his father, Saul, is after David. He, hadn't, he didn't believe it up to this point, but he's beginning to see it. And this is, they have this conversation. Verse 13. If my father is inclined to harm you, may the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if I do not let you know and send you away safely, Jonathan says to David. May the Lord be with you as he has been with my father. And then he says this, but show me unfailing kindness, like that of the Lord as long as I live, so that I may not be killed. And do not ever cut off your kindness from my family. This is Jonathan speaking to David. Not even when the Lord has cut off every one of David's enemies from the face of the earth. So Jonathan made a covenant with the house of David, saying, may the Lord call David's enemies to account. And Jonathan made David reaffirm his oath out of love for him, because he loved him as he loved himself. David doesn't just come out of nowhere and decide to help Mephibosheth. If you were to read in chapter 8 of 2 Samuel, you would discover that David now, he rules, he reigns. He's got peace from all his enemies. He's, he's, he's dealt with them all. And Jonathan's point was, when you get to that place, almost prophetically, Jonathan could see it. When you get to that place where all your enemies have been subdued before you, don't forget kindness towards my family. Don't forget it, David. And David affirms that covenant. It was a covenant promise that David had made with Jonathan. I will never forget kindness towards your family. So then he calls out. Everything's been done. He calls it out. Is there anyone in the, in the family of Saul that I can show kindness to? It wasn't just that he was a really gracious, benevolent person. It was, it was Jonathan had said, think of this, David. Think of it. His act of kindness was a covenant commitment. Isn't that how God is with us? God's kindness towards us is part of his covenant commitment to his people. It's not just that he's random or impulsive. He's covenant, he's committed, his promises, he's committed. 
Sometimes it's hard to accept kindness for kindness' sake. It can be humbling. (coughs) Mephibosheth's response is, why would you notice me? Of all people. Actually, receiving kindness for Mephibosheth might have made him realise again how weak and low he was. To kindness is a covenant commitment. (coughs) Kindness is also tested. I don't know about you, but you know, you might have. Um, so I've got three girls, and occasionally you'd, you'd buy them presents and stuff. Yeah, I remember uh, I went to I went to the states just a few years ago. I went to the states, and I thought a really good present. And I'm not very good at buying presents, but I thought there was a couple of things I thought were really good. I bought my girls these tracksuits, yeah, uh, from a shop, and I brought Pauline what I thought was a unique present in America and I bought them some ESV Bibles, yeah? I came back home with these presents. I was expecting to be received with joy. <laughs> I was expecting to be received with gratitude, yeah? Um, but I wasn't, yeah? I wasn't. I, the candle I brought Pauline, in fact, somebody in this room told me, oh, you can buy those candles in TK Maxx. And I was like, wow, I, I've gone 5,000 miles <laughs> to buy a candle that I could have bought two miles down the road. I didn't realise that. That was a bit embarrassing. The tracksuits I bought were all too small. And the Bible, uh, it was like, oh, we've got Bibles, Dad. <laughs> Bibles are here. Yeah, here's a number of them. Yeah. And I, I remember going through that process where, where what I thought was a kind act wasn't received in the way that I expected or I had hoped. Yeah. And if I wasn't careful... I could, have, I could have realised that I could have got offended by that. I've done this really good thing and you're responding like this. Actually, that happened so often, I just got over those, those thoughts. We don't go down there anymore. Uh, we're used to it, yeah? Buying the wrong thing at the wrong time. But kindness is tested because people may not respond to you like you would expect them to or even like they should. Yeah? Kindness gets tested. Kindness can also be part of the mission of God. Today, in a world where motives are so often mixed, where cost-benefit seems to be the driving force for kind acts and decisions, where cruelty can be justified, if the people of God can grow in showing kindness to one another and those around, it will show the world something of what God is like. So your kind acts to one another can help your kind acts to people outside this room and that is a witness to the world of what God is like. It's missional. Kindness, finally, is not the same as being nice and polite. Now, I'm not knocking being nice and polite. I'm not trying to draw that down because I'm not like that. Yeah? They're not bad characteristics, but you need to understand they are cultural ones. And can, be, and can be and are often misused and abused. And sometimes you receive someone's, someone's polite and niceness towards you without even thinking. You just think, oh, they're a really nice person. But the truth is I could be very polite and nice to you but not actually like you. Yeah? You've probably been in a work situation where when, when someone's there, everyone talks nicely, great, and then when they're not there, they're absolutely rubbishing them. And you're like, oh, my goodness. Yeah, it happens. 
And some people are very good at it. I went into, um, I'm not saying this particularly was a, was a bad person, but I went to um, a, a local prison not that long ago, and the, I met a guy there. He was the nicest person, uh, one of the nicest people I've ever met. He was so warm and friendly, um, but he was in for things that he couldn't really talk about. Yeah? He was in prison for things he couldn't really talk about. And do you know what? His, his really nice persona was probably one of the reasons he had done some of the things that he had done. Because it gave him access. It gave him access to people because he was such a nice guy. Some people use that nice way, nice, polite, to win and to woo, and not always for good. And you just need to be aware of that. I don't want to rubbish it broadly, but you just need to be aware of that. We so desire kindness that we can jump to it without thought. I remember one person telling me how actually she'd given, she'd been in a relationship and in the beginning, this chap was really warm, polite, friendly and kind towards her. And that really drew her in and he turned out to be quite abusive and manipulative didn't start out that way, but it ended up that way. So you just need to be wise. We are all human. So the reality is nothing is completely pure. Yeah. However, acts of kindness should not come with obvious secondary motives or benefit. And we just need to be aware of that. So just in summary, what I'm really trying to, I suppose, push for is that God is a, one of the characteristics of God is kindness. And I want you to know that and remember that, particularly if you are going through difficulties right now. You must remember that one of the characteristics of God, unchanging, is he is kind. And if it were not a characteristic of God, we would not have the gospel in the way that we do. Because the gospel is an act of his grace. Yeah? Whilst we were still sinners, Christ died. Whilst we were still had our backs to him, whilst we were still in rebellion to him, he died. Yeah? He didn't do it after we had moved. He did it before we ever did anything. Yeah? So you need to understand that God is kind. And because we are Christian, because, because we're all created in the image of God, the whole of the world, every human being is created in the image of God, there are acts of kindness that we can all do because it's part of who God is. But specifically for the Christian, we have encouragements like the story of David and Mephibosheth. We have encouragements, encouragements like the story of the Good Samaritan. Acts of kindness that go way beyond what is normal. We have encouragement, even in the account of Jesus, that we should love our enemies. Do good to those who persecute you. Let's remove the word persecute. Do good to those who you don't really like and you feel awkward around. Because if you put the word persecute there, none of us, oh, that's fine, it's not me. People who I don't really get on with, people who I don't really like, or oh, do good to those people. Yeah? That way you develop your character. You develop kindness. That way you learn to lead yourself. And in learning to lead yourself, you'll discover people will follow you and people will give you stuff to do. You know, you might think to yourself, I'm just not really a kind person. I'm just, just, not, just not like that. I, 
I just think for the Christian, kindness is a fruit of the Spirit. And so it's something, and if you just take the whole of that metaphor, fruit of the Spirit, fruit, uh, for the Christian uh, who's, I suppose, seeking to follow God and love him, kindness will grow in you. It will grow in you. You don't need to be like, oh, I didn't, wasn't kind there. And, you, know, you don't need to beat yourself up about it. Kindness will grow in you. And, um, and I would say that's true because I'm not the most kind person, but I'm certainly kinder than I used to be. <laughs> yeah? That would be my own testimony, that it, it, it grows in you. And so, uh, so I don't want you to go away thinking, oh, my goodness, I'm not kind. And, uh, neither do I want to, you to go away thinking, oh, no, my kindness doesn't mean anything. Um, you know, obviously, as I'm saying, it's not bad to be... You want to, everyone wants to be nice and polite. It's a wonderful way to work, for the world to work. Um, but there is a kindness that is deeper than that that Christians can experience because of what God has done. So we're going to sing and then we're going to uh, finish. You have just listened to a Beacon Church recording. If you would like more information about us, our vision, the team, or upcoming events, please visit our website which is beacon-church.org. You can email us at office at beacon-church.com or find us socially on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. You are welcome to share this recording as you wish, but please do not make any edits without express consent. Thank you.